Welcome to the Clothed with the Sun podcast, our daily reading and meditation on the gospel. I am James Thomas. Today is Friday, April 14th, 2023. It is the Friday in the octave of Easter. Our reading today is from the gospel according to St. John. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. So this is a great reading. This is really a great reading. There's so many different elements to this reading that we could place ourselves in and meditate upon. It's really, I mean, although there's a lot to learn from this gospel, it's also a lot, it's, it's a great gospel to just put yourself in. I mean, uh, so many, there, there's so many great conversations that have come from just thinking about this gospel, reading, uh, talking about it with friends. For example, how did they know it was 153 large fish? It's a great number. It's the number of Hail Marys in the rosary. (laughs) I don't know what one has to do with the other, except the fact that they both have to do with Jesus. But, and I've, I've heard different things, saints and different, you know, pious authors have made this connection before. Uh, Still, I don't know exactly why one would be connected with the other. But no, a question that we've always asked in conjunction with that is, how did they know it was 153? And, I mean, did Jesus tell them? Or did they say, Jesus, we know you just rose from the dead and we're all excited to see you, but we got to count these fish first. And they counted uh, an obscure number, 153. I don't know. I don't totally understand it. Another thing I love to quote from this reading is just that Jesus is giving them a breakfast of fish. Personally speaking, I have been told you should eat protein first in your day, in your meals for the day. 
And there have been times I did not have eggs. I did not have cheese. So I ate fish for breakfast and people make fun of me and say, that's disgusting. And I say, well, it's biblical. Jesus gave his disciples fish for breakfast. He didn't give them Fruit Loops. He didn't even give them oatmeal. It was fish. So I feel justified in that. Also, um, you know, we've had discussions in the past, and I'm no expert on this. I don't even fully know what I'm talking about here, but it's just something that's been thrown around in discussions and theology classes and things like that about how God does miracles. It's true. God can do whatever he wants. So Jesus, you know, he can create things out of thin air, but usually he doesn't do that. Usually it's a fixing of things that are broken. I mean, I've heard of people, I know one story in particular of a woman who got pregnant after people prayed for her to get pregnant. And then she tried to get pregnant again. She couldn't. And then when the doctor opened her up, come to discover she was never able to get pregnant. So that was just a pure miracle out of nowhere. Of course, God can do what he wants. But usually there is a putting things together that are supposed to be together, such as in many of Jesus's healings and um, different types of miracles like that. So the question is asked, where did these fish come from? Did Jesus, did God, the Father, Jesus, the Spirit, etc., did the Trinity just create these fish ex nihilo out of nothing? All of a sudden, same thing with the other miracle at the beginning of Jesus's public ministry with St. Peter and the fish. Or were they being hidden somewhere? Were they deeper in the water? Were they out to sea? It's just an interesting thing. Suddenly, there's all these fish there. Anyway, like I said, God can do whatever he wants. But the main thing about this reading is Jesus is revealing himself. He has risen from the dead. And... The disciples, now they're at the Sea of Tiberias. They were told by Jesus to go to Galilee. So they're there or they're on their way there. They're being obedient, yet at the same time, um, I don't know. It just kind of seems like they're going back to their old ways. I wonder if they had been fishing all along in the public ministry, or rather were they depending upon Jesus to miraculously take care of them. God always provides. And they were busy doing the work of ministry. And Jesus says the worker the worker is worth his wage. So perhaps people provided for them along the way. Perhaps just miraculous things happened all along, like the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. I'm sure Jesus was performing miracles all the time, and he was showing them over and over that God provides. But here they are going out to fish. They're not in ministry mode. They're not relying upon stipends and they're not relying upon miracles. They're getting in the boat and they're going out to fish and they can't catch anything. These fishermen. It's great proof for the church being founded by Jesus, being authentically the body of Christ, because this church is ready to take over the world now in the next couple hundred years after this. These apostles are going to go to the four corners of the earth and they're going to preach in Jesus's name and they're going to win many converts. They're going to establish an organization that's going to be international. That's going to be in the year 2023, the largest organization in the history of the world, over a billion members. Yet they're not smart. 
They're not that competent, at least not by worldly standards. They're not men with great degrees or great position in society, great accomplishments. They're fishermen who can't catch fish. It just goes to show the Holy Spirit is going to be with the church because it has to be. It's the same thing for us now. We need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we are lost. So these men were lost. They get in the boat, and it's just reminiscent of the beginning all over again. And then suddenly Jesus is on the shore. He does the same thing he did three years ago. Cast the net over to the other side. I bet you you'll catch something. And they bring in more fish than the nets can hold. Simon Peter knows, however, this is the Lord, and he's excited. Even though he denied him, he trusts that this relationship is going to be fixed, and it's going to be right after this. I believe it's tomorrow's reading where Jesus is going to say, do you love me three times, making up for Peter's three denials. We'll get to that later. Oh, no, that's not tomorrow's reading. I'm looking ahead a little bit. Anyway, we will get to that reading eventually. We're, and, and that's in this particular scene where Jesus has risen and he's spending time with his apostles. So Peter gets excited. He tucks in his garments and he jumps in the water. That was always confusing to me, too, because I would think you take off your clothes when you jump in the water. But I guess he's thinking, well, we're in for the for the hall here. We're, you know, he was lightly clad out there on the boat, but now he needs to take his clothes with him. So he puts them on, tucks them in, jumps into the sea and swims slash runs back to see Jesus. And Jesus gives them breakfast. Jesus is calm. It says none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Now, all right, that's good because they realize it's the Lord and he's risen from the dead. They're growing in their confidence. They say this is a um, the foreshadowing or the foundation of the second level of the spiritual life. The first level, the purgative way, is uh, established when the apostles simply meet Jesus. They start to see his miracles. There's a lot of excitement. The illuminative way, the second level, comes after the dark night of the soul. Well, these apostles have been through a dark night. They saw Jesus arrested. They saw him suffering in the garden. Some of them did. And they saw him, well, taken off to be crucified. John saw the actual crucifixion. So now here they are on the other side of that. Some of them have persevered. Some of them have not. The ones that have persevered are now being rewarded for their perseverance but they're still not in the fullness of union. The unitive way has not come yet. That'll be Pentecost. They're still uncertain. But it says they know it's Jesus. They believe it's Jesus. They're, they're kind of riding a wave here. And the wave is about to get out of control in a good way. But they're trusting. They're going forward. But it's interesting to me that they would even have to say that. Once again, it shows Jesus looks different. There's something different about Jesus. He's in his resurrected body. Rather, he is <laughs> the resurrected body and soul. The, the you know, body and soul are one. Body and soul are together, rather. They're a union, and we are made up of body and soul. Jesus, the person, the God-man, Jesus, as he lives among us as man, he has been transfigured. He has been raised. He has a glorified body. And at the same time, his death was so brutal, people didn't recognize him. So there's been a transformation both in the bad and now in the very good, in a very good way. So they're there with Jesus, and he's comforting them. 
and he's filling them, he's feeding them, and he's restoring their faith, and now their faith is going to be stronger than ever. This reading is a great analogy for the spiritual life and for all relationships. When sometimes people might uh, ask for counsel for their uh, you know, spousal relationships, couples counseling, things like that, that I've done in the past. Uh, very often, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, the Bible talks about our relationship with God as a spousal relationship. So the advice is the same for both, whether we're talking about people that we love or whether we're talking about the God that we love, it's always good to go back to the beginning. There's always new things we're changing. God is doing more in us and through us. So there's always potential for good changes, but at the same time, sometimes we need to go back to the beginning. When someone is struggling in their prayer life after they've been close to the Lord, I will often challenge them, what was it in the beginning that got you to fall in love with Jesus? Let's revisit that. It's not going to be the same, but let's revisit it. Sometimes people say, well, I have trouble concentrating in adoration. Well, where was your conversion? When did you start to pray? Oh, that was the rosary. Okay, do the rosary. It was walking on the beach. Okay, well, maybe we, you know, you, we, <laughs> whoever, we need to go down to the beach. You need to go down to the beach. It was sitting on my back porch. Well, when was the last time you prayed on your back porch? Okay, it's time to do that again. It was reading scripture. It was reading Louis de Montfort or St. Francis de Sales. Okay, well, when did you last read them? Okay, let's read them again. Go back to them. Sometimes we need to rekindle the old flames. Sometimes people having trouble in their marriages, I might ask them, well, when was the last time you went on a date? Okay, you haven't done that in years. Well, okay, maybe that's something we need to do. Maybe you need to date your wife again, your husband again. Maybe you need to start learning about them again. Start getting excited about them again. Take time for intimacy. Take time for conversation. Get to know each other better. Because there's always more to know, never mind the fact that we're changing and life goes on. So the old flame needs to be rekindled, but at the same time we grow. And this is what's happening. Jesus is rekindling the old flame, yet at the same time he has the intention of now bringing them forward into something bigger and better and deeper. He's taught them so much, but now it all needs to come together. And with the resurrection, let's just say he's got a lot more money in their bank they uh, they have a lot more to build on. So this is exciting. Let's continue to be excited about the resurrection of Jesus. Let's continue to pray the liturgy in this Easter octave. Easter Sunday is such a big feast. It's not just one day. It's eight days. We're in the octave of Easter. So it's all a feast day, all of it. And the Lord wants us to be excited. We fasted during Lent. We focused on the negative. We focused on the suffering. We ourselves, in a little fasting here and there, might have suffered a little. Now it's time to rejoice, because God Almighty has risen from the dead. God Almighty wishes to give us his Holy Spirit. God Almighty wishes us to do even greater things than he did while he was on earth, and we trust in his promise. So let us pray for each other, and let us go forward expecting great things to happen in our lives from Almighty God. Thank you. And I hope you all have a great day. God bless.